Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Laricchia, and this is episode number 306 of the podcast. It's the 1st of December, 2021, as I record this intro. And this week, Irish Chen, author of Untigering and Mother of Two, returns to the podcast to share what their unschooling lives look like right now and to talk a bit about her book. Iris also shares about her family's experience with a self-directed learning center and the path her sons took to make the choice to attend one. We dive into the connection between parenting and unschooling and how her book is about the inner work needed to be a peaceful parent and, in turn, an unschooling parent. Iris also shares how her earlier unschooling days helped shape the relationships that now thrive, even in this new season, with new activities and schedules. And with a new month comes a new theme in the Living Joyfully Network online community. This month, our theme is The Joys of Unschooling, and we're exploring it through the lenses of presence and kindness. As we enter the holiday season, Anna and I are excited to bring joy top of mind in the network. Not because we're supposed to be joyful this time of year, but for many other wonderful and unschooly reasons that we will dive into over the month. And we have a fifth week in December, which means we'll revisit self-care for the last week. If you're curious to learn more, there's a link in the show notes or just go to livingjoyfully.ca slash network. And before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon and a big welcome to new patron Maya Lambden. Hi, Maya. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's get to my conversation with Iris. Welcome. I'm Pam Laricchia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Iris Chen. Hi, Iris. Hello, Pam. Great to see you. It is so lovely to see you, and I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast to catch up with you and chat about your book, Untigering. And I encourage people to go back and listen to our first conversation. I think it was really lovely. Um, But just to get us started here, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? And I love to know what everybody's interested in right now. Sure. So, yeah, I think the last time we talked, I was still living in China. And uh, yeah, so um, just really starting to explore unschooling at that point, maybe a year or two in. Um, and then we moved back to the States two years ago and have continued to unschool here. So we are a Chinese American family and um, recently came back to California from China. So that's been a fun transition. Um, I think in terms of what we're all into, I love the fact that you asked what our family is into because just realizing that unschooling is not just about the kids. 
it's really for the whole family. Um, a lot, you know, it's just a lifestyle and an attitude of, you know, following our passions and knowing ourselves and all that. So I appreciate your question. But um, yeah, for my oldest, who is 13 now, he's into um, gaming, Minecraft, art and comic drawing. He's into MCU and watching YouTube videos. Um, Yeah, rollerblading. So just a lot of different things like that. And uh, my 11-year-old is also into those things. You know, they do a lot of fun projects together and they're like riffing off of each other in terms of their interests. And now because um, we'll probably probably be talking about this more later, but they're at a, um, like a self-directed learning center and there's different offerings there that maybe they weren't exposed to at home. And so now because of that, he's gotten into chess and he's gotten into uh, music production. So that's fun to see him pursue other interests because of the sparks that have um, come up from other people. For me, um, yeah, I would say right now I'm really into (laughs) K-dramas. I've been watching a lot of them on Netflix and just binge watching them. Um, And my husband is also really into movies and sound systems and has set up, like, used the pandemic time to set up our whole home theater system. So those are a few of the things that we're interested in. Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) Yes. K-dramas. I hear that so much, so much. Definitely on my list <laughs> when I get there. Yeah, there's so much out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I love that they're becoming more and more available. Um, and taking advantage of kind of the pandemic time and setting up, like that, that's my husband's very into electronic stuff, setting up uh, that kind of stuff. And it is fun when you when you just like, when there's no judgment on that, right. When there's no like eye rolling, you just get the sense often that it's like, Oh yeah, there's their little thing or whatever. But we get to enjoy so much of what other people are like. So if it's music or if it's setting up, like my, my husband's got like webcam. So now it's like uh, we set up a, a camera outside like so we watched a robin's nest in the spring right and right now it's on the bird feeder and we can watch it in the tv inside the house you know and so all the bird politics has been the topic of the summer so it's just so fun when you can take these when there's no judgment on all these various kinds of interests and just see just open to how they play out it's so fun where they can take us isn't it Mm, I love I love what you said about having no judgment, because I think before in my like tiger parenting days and even with my husband, there would be a lot of judgment because the things that they valued or enjoyed were not the things that I thought were valuable or worthy of spending all, all our time or money on. So even though like. I think now there's a lot more acceptance, a lot more like celebration of our unique gifts. So I'm not going to be hard on my husband because he spends all this money on something that I don't care that much about, but I can like 
enjoy it with him and celebrate it with him and know that that doesn't have to be my interest. That doesn't have to be what I value or spend my money on, but that's okay. And we can, yeah, enjoy it together and celebrate it together. And sometimes we're just enjoying that they're really enjoying it. (laughs) Right. I'm not going to play Minecraft. Sorry, (laughs) but I'm glad that they enjoy it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Definitely. And that is another just little piece that I love about this question. I start off with this question with everyone because like the judgment piece is so valuable to think about and to process through. Right. Um, Because it, it, it can be so ingrained in us. So for people to hear just like from parents and kids, all the different interests and then how those even weave together between adults and children, like how they loop together. And as you were saying, your boys, their interests are weaving together so strongly and they're really enjoying that connection right now. Like that's a, that's another season too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that whole, like, you know, coming in with our schoolish mindsets, you know, and saying like, those don't really translate into real life skills or a career or whatever. And um, really having a lot of anxiety and fear because of that. And I think I've had to work through those and acknowledge them. But um, yeah, again, sort of releasing that schoolishness and embracing more of an unschooling mentality that that there's so much learning going on and not to fear a lot of those things, you know, um, video gaming and screen time and all those things. I think there's a lot of fear associated with those, but if we just enter into it with them and like that non-judgment piece, again, we can see all the learning that is happening and all like the passions and all the different things that they can pursue because of that interest. Yeah. Yeah. And like that you talk about in your book, but uh, it, it's a journey, right? So it's not, hi, I'm new to unschooling. I hear you guys talking about how I shouldn't judge things and I shouldn't fear things. So I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, that might work for a week or two, but you're going to get overwhelmed with how much you're trying to stuff down and ignore. Well, I'm not supposed to fear that. Oh, I'm not supposed to judge that. But doing the work to to ask yourself why, to process why, to, you know, learn more about how unschooling works, how learning works, how how am I judging learning hierarchically? Like our school subjects more important. Like there is so much beautiful work and processing and questions to ask ourselves to get to the other side. So I just want to encourage people like not to feel overwhelmed when you hear us talking about that and say, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. I'm feeling that. Um, but to realize that it's it's part of the journey. Everybody, we've all been there. <laughs> right? yeah, I have definitely been there. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Especially, yeah, like I think now that my kids are a little bit older, you know, 11 and 13, I'm feeling that anxiety more because they're getting to an age, like in comparison to their peers, to their school peers, they're not, you know, they don't have the same skill set necessarily as their school peers. And just that comparison thing, you know, is really hard and, and having a lot of, um, doubt and fears and anxiety because of that. So like you said, it's, you know, even for those of us who believe in unschooling and advocate for it and promote it, 
I definitely still struggle and need to constantly de-school. So definitely a journey and a process. Yeah, yeah. There is so much of it up front. But then again, it, it doesn't end because your kids hit certain ages. Certain circumstances or situations come up in your lives like they're mine are all grown and there are still things that come up because unschooling becomes a lifestyle. It's a way you're choosing to live your lives together. So, you know, life always throws you all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When we connected, you had mentioned the idea of seasons of unschooling and it's already bubbling up for me. I love it. Because I, I, I really thought it was a beautiful description of how unschooling flows over time. So I was hoping you could share what it means to you right now. Yeah, I think for me, season, the seasons of unschooling just really um, expresses how it's not a fixed state. You know, it's not like, oh, I've arrived in this unschooling euphoria or, you know, but it's really about every moment um, being in connection with our kids and observing and hearing from them and adjusting. And like you said, it's over time, instead of wanting to get the results that we want in the moment, you just trust that there's a rhythm to it, that there are seasons of busyness, there are seasons of rest, um, and there are seasons of growth and all of that. And so it doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm going to unschool this way. And it always has to look this way. You know, it's, it's constantly changing. We're constantly adjusting based on the development of our kids, their interest, what they want. And so for me, when I first started um, unschooling, again, it was in China and my kids were much younger. And so you know, we just spent a lot of time together at home. We would take, you know, trips to the library. We were involved with a homeschool co-op that they had grown up with. Um, So that was really good. And then moving back to the States, I I feel like it was really a time of hibernation in some ways because um, the pandemic hit for one. And we were just going through a lot of transition. So there, there was, you know, we were, they had never lived in the States before. They were born overseas. And so just having that time to connect as a family, to settle in, to deal with all the transitions and all the emotions and grieving of leaving our old life and adjusting to the new one. There was just a lot of time to do that um, because we were unschooling. We didn't have to be on some sort of schedule or like throw them into these, you know, throw them into middle school and into like a potentially very stressful environment. Um, And then um, just more recently, my oldest especially was expressing a desire to have more social interaction. He's like, I want more friends. I want to meet more people. And so that's really what caused us to look um, at self-directed learning centers instead of just saying like, oh, no, we're unschooling. We're doing this at home. And this is how we're going to do it forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) It was just like, okay, he's expressing a need. He's expressing a desire. How can we help support that and find ways to meet that need? And so right now we are in a season where they are um, both going to a self-directed learning center part-time. So, yeah, no, I love how you talked about it. Really our seasons are related to our lives, right? And 
what's going on in our lives and the individuals like who we each are and supporting and just helping each other through like so as you said like after the move that's a big that's a big move to up you know upend your life in one place and start in in a totally new place new country um new community all that kind of stuff and then throw in the pandemic <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and but when you're open and just kind of paying attention, you notice it. Oh, geez, you know, we are staying home, but this is feeling good for us right now. Just that awareness piece, when we bring that awareness piece, even if things are feeling a little, oh, things have changed. Like I, I maybe even it's like, geez, we seem to be going out a lot or we seem to be at home a lot. We seem to be having lots of conversation or we seem to be doing something else. Just that awareness piece helps us kind of understand and sink into the season. And I I love the idea of over time because we can feel so drawn to kind of setting a timetable for things. Mm -hmm. Like even for de-schooling, I enjoy the, you know, one month for a year of school as an adult. Yes, certainly when you start, you want to have some sort of time, but that really isn't. What it does is plant the seed that it's going to take a long time. <laughs> you've been, mm-hmm. As a parent, you've likely been in school for at least 12 years. So it's going to take at least a year. So if, if people can give and lean into unschooling for a year, I feel like they're going to have a good sense of, of how it works and how it works for their kids, et cetera, um, to have a good sense whether or not it's it's something that is going to work for their family. But I think at that point, even when you lean into it, you're learning um, to look at your kids, to, to really see what they're doing, to you get to that not judgment piece, but see how it fits with who they are as a person. Like, like you said, Minecraft, not me. But you can see the joy that your child or your children are both getting out of it and the things that they're learning from it, whether it's not actual technical Minecraft stuff, but they're learning so much life stuff alongside it too, right? Yeah. So the the seasons really just is a beautiful way to describe how things flow and change over time because we are also learning and growing and changing as people as well, right? So something as simple as like um, sleep or the f- kind of food that we eat that has seasons and changes and flows over time to the kinds of, you know, to our interests, to our deep interests, like a season of a deep dive into something, right? It may or may not become something that is a lifelong interest, but definitely we can have seasons where we dive deep into things. So understanding that that's okay, that that's an expression of who each of us parents adults, children, who each of us are, um, and how we like to engage with things, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful, that awareness. And that, um, just that trust that, because I, I think a lot of the fears come from us projecting into the future. And it's like, oh my goodness, they're into this thing. And they're, you know, they're going to end up being a bum on the couch or something like that. We we just catastrophize and believe the worst about it, that, that judgment again. And what if we could just be present with it and enjoy it instead of assuming that it's going to 
you know, take over their, their lives and, and maybe it will take over their lives in a good way, you know, but just to um, be in the moment to know that it's, it probably won't be forever. And um, yeah, just to embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we learn so much about our kids when we embrace it too, just our kids as people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like why, why they like this thing and, and looking back over time, you know, maybe there's like three kind of seasons in a row, like, what the heck? I don't really know. But then when you're looking back, it's, oh, I see the kind of the thread that weaves through that deeper interest that had them checking out this thing for a while and then checking out this thing for a while. You kind of find the common thread between them that in the moment maybe wasn't as recognizable. And certainly you wouldn't find the thread unless you engaged with them and were seeing what it was that was drawing them you know, to those things, even knowing what they're drawn to. So yeah, that awareness piece is just super valuable. Now you had mentioned the Self-Directed Learning Center, and I just thought, I thought I wanted to dive in that a bit and talk about the unschooling principles that I'm sure like unschooling is a lifestyle and bringing that into your lives because you were helping your son. Uh, he was looking for more connections, more friends, uh, a, a wider kind of circle. I think mm-hmm. that's probably a good way to describe mm-hmm. it. But I'd love to hear, you know, your impression of how that is weaving into your days and weaving in with your unschooling days because they're going part time, right? Yes, yes. So like like we mentioned, you know, unschooling is a lifestyle and it really is about honoring our children and their desire and their passions. And so I felt like it, even though they're going to a self-directed learning center, I thought it was really consistent with those values of consent and autonomy and listening to our children and what their needs are. Um, so it's not like um, I'm imposing my own values of like, okay, you need to be around me 24 seven or I need to be the, the primary influence in your life or whatever it is. But um yeah, so we felt really good because it was something that they were expressing a desire for, um, initiating, and we were supporting them in that. So I feel like that in that way, it's very consistent. And we, we there's like different types of learning centers available around us. And we were really looking for a self-directed one because um, we weren't looking for sort of like a a homeschool co-op learning center where they would go and take classes, partially because the main reason why we wanted to set, uh, you know, them to go to one was for the social aspect. And so if you're just going for the the learning, but then the people you meet are like different every week or different every class that wouldn't create the type of relationship building that they sought Mm -hmm. that they really desired. And so we were looking for, really a small group of consistent, you know, other peers for them to interact with on a more regular basis so that they could develop relationships. So it was less about the academics or the courses or whatever classes they would take. It was more about um, creating or having that social environment for them. So we're, yeah, just this um, self-directed learning center is very, you know, unschooly in that they don't have homework, they don't have tests, it's not like um, standards driven or anything like that. They really listen to the members and honor them. And so we're really happy to just find 
other people that believe in in these values too and can honor them, you know, in that environment. Yeah, no, that sounds wonderful. And and I love that it grew out of something that they were looking for. And I was going to mention, okay, I'll get this straight. Um, because I think at, at various ages, not all kids, like I don't want anyone to feel like, oh no, my kid's not looking for a big circle of, of friends or more connections, et cetera. Again, it's individual, but that's the whole point, right? Your son was looking for that. And you guys were trying to come up with ways to kind of satisfy that. And I noticed like, you know, um, well, actually, when I look at all my kids, you know, one found um, a lot of that, those connections online and through relationships that way and forums and people who shared his interest. Um, my daughter got um, when she was looking for more connections uh, we didn't. We don't have learn, a lot of learning centers around here. I think there's one that could, was about an hour away. So it was. It has. It was always in the back of my mind, right? So I knew there was something around. But through girl guides, she found a group of people um, that break uh, people that she would consistently meet with and connect with, and then she could connect with them more, you know, throughout the week. And my son through his dojo, like we're just helping the end. And that's what it means. Like, so with the, with the dojo, that meant like driving there five nights a week, going to tournaments on weekends, you know, going to demonstrations that they did, like it, depending, it can take a lot of our time as well. Right. But that's okay. It's just, it's helping them, whether it's around an interest. And in this case, the interest was social, right? You know, it is just about helping our kids, um, meet what they think they're looking for, you know, and maybe they'll go whether he was at the dojo for a few years and then, you know, he was moving on to something else. Maybe, yeah, the learning center will, you know, fade. Like you said, it's not about I need them to go here to meet my needs. They're going there to meet their needs and we're supporting them and helping them get what they're looking for, right? It's, it's such an important distinction, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And because I'm like, a, you know, very much a homebody and pretty much during the pandemic, we had just been at home for, um, you know, a year and a half, it felt like. So this sudden change in our rhythm was pretty dramatic for me and yeah. like realizing, oh my goodness, like the first two weeks I would have to drive in you know, commute pretty much a total of two hours every day yeah. just to get them there and back and pick them up and come back. And, um, but again, I knew that that was for two weeks and we would figure out what, what our schedule is like in the future. But yeah, knowing that it's not just about what's comfortable for me either. Like if, if it was just based on me and my needs, we might not ever leave the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. So I had to really honor, okay, even though this is more work for me, it's a lot more effort. It changes my rhythm. I miss them. I miss being around them, but that's not their need right now. And so, yeah, feeling that it's the right choice for us to um, have them have this opportunity to connect with other, other adults and other children. So other people, right? <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm curious, do you think bringing the Learning Center into your lives may have been a different experience if it was earlier in your unschooling journey? I'm sure it would have been really different. And I think because I was still in the de-schooling stage early on, um, I I would have been outsourcing a lot of that. You know, I probably wouldn't have done a lot of the work, my inner work that I had to do because I had them at home with me. And I really don't regret it. I don't, um, I feel like that was right for me and my family to have them at home because um, unschooling is so relational. You know, it's really trust about trust and connection, observing our kids um, and so I feel like now we have that foundation of that attachment and that connection so we can have these conversations and I can, you know, understand them better, know what their needs are, know how to support them. I think if it was just sort of like, okay, this is my educational philosophy and here's this, you know, institution or this group here that can, inf- you know, implement that, um, I think it would have been much less relational. And so right now I see um, the self-directed learning center as something that is supporting our family, not that we are handing our, my kids over for them to, to, to do this, but it's our family's, Um, belief and lifestyle and we are choosing you know just like you would send your child to the the dojo or to girl guys that's that's how I see the the learning center it's not the authority it's not the one that's doing it for us it's like um, supporting us in our unschooling journey so that's the way I see it yeah yeah that's what I was thinking because that authority piece takes a while to work through right and certainly when I think often on our the beginning of our journey, like maybe, you know, a year or two, we can still be valuing something that looks more like school. Um, so mm-hmm. there's that extra, oh, um, this is this is this is better as it like for learning and mm-hmm. and and feel the need to kind of um, reinforce that at home. You know what I mean? Whereas after we've you know, done a lot of our own work as we come to unschooling. It's really, like you say, it's another option on the platter. It's just part of our lifestyle. It's it's like a choice that the whole family is into and it's just another thing. So there's no, there's no like power with it. It truly is, like you said, relational. It's just like, I love that piece, how, you know, now your relationships are in a place where you guys can talk freely, where there's respect and trust and just a deep connection so that they can share those pieces. They can share if they have an off day without feeling like that's a bad thing, you know, that that their parent is going to try and try and fix it or try and convince them that, Oh, it's not so bad because they value that place more than Mm. home or et cetera. Um, So I, I feel, I I just felt like you guys seem to be at a really good place where this was just another wonderful option to meet needs that, 
your kids had, right? So it's, it's just a, again, back to the seasons, right? When you really have that awareness and that connection and that trust, you really can help them find the things that are, will help them meet the needs or the things that they're looking for, right? Does that make sense? Mm, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm really grateful that you know, I was in China and I didn't really have that option. It might have been an easy option to take for me, um, perhaps in the beginning. But I'm really thankful that we did it the way we did because of all the just the unlearning and the the healing that I had to do for myself and in my relationship with my children um, to get to this place. So. Yeah, yeah. And I, this is a great time to bring up your book. <laughs> Ah, untigering, peaceful parenting for the deconstructing tiger parent. And because I really enjoyed it, talking about the relationships, right? The the book is focused on parenting journey rather than unschooling per se. But as we've been talking about, those parenting shifts really are integral to unschooling, aren't they? Mm. I feel like, you know, the just finding peaceful parenting really set me up to be an unschooler. I feel like the deeper you dive into peaceful parenting, it's like, how can you not be an unschooler? (laughs) Because, um, you know, seeing our children as human beings and honoring them about consent and autonomy and respect and relationship and all those things um, where we value and can support our children in becoming their whole selves. And that includes all of their life, including their education, you know? And so, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I write in the book about, um, you know, just bodily autonomy or about adultism and how we assume as adults that we know better, that we are the experts on our children and that we have the right to impose our own beliefs or our own values on them instead of, um, again, seeing them as their own people who want to inhabit their bodies and be in the world in their own way. And so how can we, um, how can we honor that and make room for that? And if we think of all the time that children spend in schools where they don't get to do that, they don't get to be their whole selves. And so how can we push back against that and really um, empower our children to, to, explore and discover who they really are and be their own experts. I think that's something that um, is in the book, The Self-Driven Child, you know, just trusting that our children are their own experts. Yeah, yeah. I love the word empower and and giving them agency in their lives, right? Because it's just amazing. I'm looking for a better word. Uh, Amazing. Just how driven but how how capable they are right it's in each moment when they have that space and the time to go at their pace to learn about themselves and the space to make choices and see what happens like how capable they are of learning from their experiences when they don't have that other noise to to work through of us telling them what's better or what they should do. But I think this would be better for you, et cetera. You know, 
definitely we have conversations with them, but the conversations really are driven from them, right? It, as in we're helping them process the things that they're thinking about, but, you know, we're giving feedback and we're giving information. Like if we're going, if we're going to the library, you know, a very basic example, you know, what, what the kind of expectations are there, but it's not, it, it's not while well, you go wild, it's like maybe the library isn't good for today because you're not feeling that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's about sharing information because they want to explore their world and they want um, they want to have the information so that they can make real choices. Because if we're not sharing the information about the places we're going and who happens going to be there and what the kind of t- maybe time constraints that we have, we have to leave by this time, et cetera. Without all that information, it's harder for them to make a good choice and for, you know, things come up and surprise them. Oh, we got to leave like in the next five minutes. Uh, oh, they didn't know that. So maybe they've started something, you know, so just sharing all those pieces. They are so capable of taking those pieces in and making a choice. And maybe the choice is, you know what, let's not do that because there's too many things that are going to affect it. I'd rather go and do the thing at a different time when it's more open ended for me or et cetera. But how much learning about themselves is in there knowing themselves that well to know that that might not be a good fit for them in the moment. Right. Like they're just so capable, aren't they? (laughs) Just like that sharing, you know, because as adults, we likely have more experience and more exposure to things. So just that sharing of the information piece where we are not trying to manipulate them to make a certain choice. It's just like, here are all the cards on the table. You know, you think through things and we can talk about it together, problem solve together. And um, we make the choice together. So like, for example, um, my kids are going to the self-directed learning center and they're taking the Metro now. And at first, like to me, the LA Metro isn't the safest thing. You know, it's not like something that they're 11 and and 13 and not super street smart. (laughs) We haven't been exposed to a lot. And so I was like, not, I, I was worried about them taking the Metro but because, you know, we would talk through the different scenarios, we talked about what they needed to do, um, you know, who they could go with, the other students or um, other members of the self-directed learning center that they could travel with. And, um, and because they expressed a desire to do it, I was like, okay, well, how can we make this work? And again, supporting them. So, yeah, like not... Um, just making my own decisions based on what I think is best, but really listening to them, giving them all the all the pieces and all the information so that we can make those decisions wisely together. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I do, I really loved reading your book and just walking through those steps because it is a huge shift in a lot of parenting paradigms, isn't it? (laughs) It's a lot of work to, you know, see kids as human beings, as full human beings as they are, not as like adults in training. Mm. You want them to have the best 
day or be the best them that they want to be now. Like not the expectation that they're behaving like little adults, like they are super capable and super capable of being who they are. You know, they're going to have childlike wonder and childlike ideas, but you know what? So often those ideas still work out. Like that's what encouraged me to kind of revisit like my my wonder and excitement and just you know waking up and having a day what might seem ordinary I came to really embrace so much more of the everydayness just mm. they saw and we're having so much fun with the everydayness it was just kind of my jadedness that had taken that away the everyday hadn't changed right <laughs> Right. And that idea of like productivity and needing yes. to produce something or prove to somebody that we've been working and um, and then at the end of the day, if you don't feel like you've produced anything, you feel guilty and you feel bad about yourself. And where children, if you if we don't place that on them, they don't feel that, you know, they're just enjoying they're playing and enjoying the things that they're enjoying. And so, um, yeah, that's been a lesson for me, too to not get sucked up into like, oh, what have I done today? How have I proved my worth in producing something? Because, you know, a lot of it is just the everydayness of living and being in relationship and enjoying the small things around us. It doesn't have to be, you know, our accomplishments or achievements or all those things. Yeah, you just you do find so much beauty and joy and enoughness in the relationships, right? It, it, we just learned so much from from our kids, from from watching them in action. It's like, oh, just the question of productivity. Is it okay to just be? Is it okay to just hang out? And you learn learn so much about ourselves just by watching them. They were always good guides for me as to kind of. If something was rubbing, it's like, oh, maybe it's time to ask myself some questions around that, basically to better my awareness of what I'm bringing to the table. Because so often it's just kind of those unconscious biases, unconscious things that we're bringing because we've just grown up steeped in those things, right? To actually just pull them out and look at them. Um, and just see, is that, is that what I think now? Is that, is that what I really think? Where did I kind of pick that up? Like all those little pieces just to become more aware of it. And they haven't changed. I haven't changed, but all of a sudden the kind of rubbiness that was there in when they do a certain thing or whatever, just often just melted away because I realized that was just something I was holding on to that I had picked up somewhere else. And you know what? I don't really see it that way. But I had to take the time to dive into it a bit, right? To deconstruct mm. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That so I love what you said about, you know, just becoming more aware because when when we're triggered, when we have these like fears or anxieties or like a desire to control our kids instead of just reacting to it and, you know, yelling at them or trying to impose like a, a punishment or something. Like, I think what I heard you do was like, you were, you became curious, you asked yourself questions, 
you stopped and you reflected. And I think that's the invitation for us as parents is to like when these feelings come up for us, just instead of reacting to reflect and to ask ourselves questions and to do that work, that inner work of processing, where is this coming from? Why am I so upset over the spilled milk or whatever it is? And um, yeah, to even talk with our our children about it and process it together so that they know, okay, my reaction wasn't about them. I'm working through something and I'm trying to figure out what that is. And, you know, our relationship is safe and I love you and I'm sorry that I did that. And yeah, so that our children can see our humanity and our desire for growth and we can talk about it together with them. Yeah, no, I love that piece too, because so often they, it is really important that they know that it's not about them. Because even if you're not reacting, sometimes, depending on how long it goes on, you're holding back and they can Mm -hmm. feel that energy too, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, even now, like I do that with adults now that they're all, all, all adults, right? I'll get that word out. Um, it's, I can go up to them after and say, hey, I know I was kind of quiet then. It was because I was thinking about this and I was, you know, this was kind of feeling off to me, et cetera. And then they can understand that it wasn't about them. It was about me. And now they know a little bit about what I was thinking. So they know me a little bit better. And then also I found even at, at the younger ages, they could begin to point those things out to me before they've clicked in my mind that, oh, like, this is uncomfortable. Like, they they can feel the energy. They can sense our reactions, too. And they can say, hey, you know, is that something? <laughs> or do you want to go get a cup of tea? Or do you want to go to bed now? <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love when we, like, model it enough for them and where they notice it and they can call us out on things and they can have empathy for us as well. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's something we all bring together. Okay. So I'm very curious to know what has surprised you most about how unschooling with all its different seasons has unfolded for your family so far. Hmm. I think for me, what has surprised me the most is how much it's changed me, (laughs) how much it has like brought a lot of healing for me in terms of um, unschooling and de-schooling and healing from messages that I received through, you know, throughout my childhood about my worth, about like we were sharing about productivity, about, um, giving my power and agency over to somebody else and not knowing what to do with it. Once I had some power and autonomy um, where I felt really disconnected from myself. Um, It was always about meeting other people's expectations, doing what other people thought was good or right. And so I think, in this season of life for me and with the unschooling process for me is really learning to connect with myself as I 
do that in partnership with my children too, watching them do it, watching them have the freedom to pursue things that I felt like I would have never had the opportunity to do um, can be triggering, but also really an invitation for me to ask myself, like, who am I? What life do I want to have? What ways do I want to contribute to the world? What are my passions? And so, yeah, what started out as, you know, how am I going to school my kids? How am I going to educate my kids has really turned into um, a healing process for me. So that's been surprising for me. I love that so much. We really learn about ourselves in the end, right? (laughs) Yeah, so much. That, that is amazing. And I love the trying to think where I was going. Oh, that's what, what stood out when you were talking there is um, it's been funny for me along those lines, how seeing my kids doing things almost gave me permission to do Mm -hmm. them. It felt like, oh, you know, that's okay to do as a person. I can do that too. And then I would laugh at, I needed permission from my kids to actually do something that, you know, any human, you know, can choose to do. I can choose to stay up later. I can choose to, you know, dive into this interest, even if it's not productive, even if I'm not, is it, am I going to, turn it into something that makes money, you know, that looks good to other people, like peeling back all those, like you said, there's just so much learning about ourselves wrapped up in supporting our kids in this lifestyle, right? Mm, Yeah, that's so powerful. Like when, as we're parenting our children in a way that maybe we didn't grow up with, I think that's like we're reparenting our inner child as well. That's what I've found for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Iris. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was so great to connect. Thank you for having me. Oh, so fun. So fun. Before we go, where can people connect with you online? So I have um, a website, untigering.com. And you can also find me on social media uh, on Facebook and IG um, at untigering. Perfect. I will have the links to all that in the show notes too. So people can go there um, if they don't want to have to type it all. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much, Iris, and have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Thank you. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.